Welcome to the Life on Word, a.k.a. Life on Ward podcast. I am Ward Huey, and I am here to bring you conversations with people that are living out their passions. They are living life onward. Welcome to this experimental Life Onward episode that I am calling a COVID conversation. This is the audio from a live stream that I did recently with my good buddy, Sergi Kotrovsky. You may remember Sergi from the very first episode of Life Onward, where he discussed how life had been for him and shared his story. Go back and listen to that if you want a refresher or if you had not heard it before. In this episode, you will hear the audio from, like I said, the live stream that we did. It was an experiment. There are some technical difficulties, but overall, it was a good conversation where Sergi shares with us the many changes in his life since he was last on, including moving, getting married, opening a cafe, opening a business with his brother, and of course, life with COVID. So sit back and enjoy the experiment. So I do exist. I'm very thankful to have you to join this experiment of doing a Life Onward live stream. You know, uh, I came up with the idea a few days ago, just trying to figure out and all this craziness, like so many people, uh, how to honestly make a little extra cash maybe for myself because I'm down uh, half my income right now uh, and yeah. also try to help other people that you know are some right. creatives both locally in my area and then someone like you uh, who for anyone that doesn't know Sergi uh, he was the first guest on the Life Onward podcast you can find that podcast on, on Spotify Apple all the places that you normally would listen um, if you want to go there, check that out if you're not familiar with him already. Uh, but Sergi Kutrovsky is a very good friend of mine. He uh, lived in St. Augustine for a little while. Uh, we got to know each other during that time, uh, have experienced a good bit of life together, uh, and now is trying this new uh, version of just getting content out, really doing the live stream. This is the first live stream I've ever done. We'll see how it goes. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, but it'll be great. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, this should, it'll be fun. It'll give us a chance to catch up, if nothing else. But any listeners that are familiar with that episode, uh, you know, get to hear a little bit about what you've been doing since then. Before we get there, I do just want to recap a little, uh, talk about who you are. Again, like I mentioned, a friend of mine from when you lived in St. Augustine, uh, when we first started hanging out, uh, you know, you were in a very different place than you are now, most definitely. Totally. So it's kind of up to you. How much of that do you want to go through again? How much of that would you want to just say people can listen? Well, uh, we've been friends for what now? Over five years? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be over yeah. five years. Yeah. I'll, I mean... Five years is a big chunk of time, so a lot, in a sense, has changed, um, or more or less, we've just evolved or progressed, if yeah. you want to use those words. Um, yeah, I mean, y- y'all can listen to the podcast, but to give you a little recap, I was in full-time ministry as a missionary and minister, um, a little bit in pastoral care, 
as well as teaching. Um, Ward met me at a point where I had a little transition going from a ministry location in Jacksonville, came down to start one in St. Augustine. And during that time is when um, I heard about what Ward was doing, and his heart was to really connect with people from um, all kinds of um, basically backgrounds and beliefs and to bring them together to have a conversation um, at a coffee shop at Kookaburra, which was one of my favorite joints. Uh, love those, that place, love the brand, love the people. Cougar is amazing. I mean, they're just doing awesome stuff, roasting good coffee. Yep. Uh, so it was awesome to meet there, and that's where we basically became friends. And, you know, from then on, um, Ward has witnessed a lot of my life's ups and downs, um, everything from going, uh, leaving ministry uh, or, quote-unquote, ministry, um, leaving um, that full-time position as a clergy to um, – uh, exploring different avenues of what it means to serve people. And within all of that change and transition, um, going through an intense divorce, um, look, going through counseling, um, getting like just help from friends like you, Ward, like help me transition from like being a married man to a single man and then to even dating again and being engaged and getting married again. So, um, Ward has seen a lot of it and has been um, an awesome person to just do walk through those changes, I would say. So thank you. Thank you, Ward. Oh, well, thank you for all of those kind words. I'll pay you later. Uh, <laughs> but no, thank you. Uh, it definitely was an interesting time as someone on the outside to watch, um, you know, and uh, just seeing all the things you went through, uh, as you mentioned, married again. So... Uh, just to put a little uh, pause there, when we recorded the first episode of the Life Onward podcast, you and Deja, I believe, were engaged already. Um, but what you were, what you did not share in our conversation was the wedding plans, uh, which yeah. was quite a surprise to most of us, myself included. So um, just real quick, like I said, it's been just over a year since we recorded that episode. It's been just less than a year since I actually put it out for the first time. Mm -hmm. So um, just uh, real quick, tell us about this wedding and why I'm saying it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, so basically... After Deja and I had the conversation about getting married, um, we got engaged pretty quick. I think we uh, literally, from the time we started officially dating, um, in a, uh, became in a relationship to the time where I uh, proposed was about four months. So it happened really quick. Um, and we were both in a place of transition and trying to figure out where do we want to um, just head in life because we had ideas we weren't sure how to flesh them out. So um, Deja has always had the dream and the vision to live in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, she spent some time in Vancouver. I think I mentioned that on the podcast. Um, and she wanted to move there. And she found out that I was from just 40 minutes south of Vancouver, BC, in Bellingham, Washington, that I grew up here in Bellingham and had family and connections. Um, she really like persuaded me to pursue this opportunity. So 
when we were talking about that, we were like, Hey, like, what do we, what do we do with like getting married in the beginning of that? Do we want to save money for a wedding? What's the purpose of a wedding? And then basically like, how do we do living? Like, do we sign a one year lease in St. Augustine or Jacksonville and then delay our plans for a year? So, um, long story short, we were like, Hey, like to have a wedding is going to take a lot of time and money. And we didn't see the value of a wedding over the value of marriage. We wanted to invest into a long-term marriage versus just a short-term event. Um, so we said, you know what, let's can and screw the whole idea of westernized weddings. Um, let's get a lot of friends together, as many as we can, um, bring them to a brewery, because who doesn't like beer? It was a good brewery. Uh, and Right. It's one of my favorites. I, Southern Swell is a, was a place that I actually did um, marketing stuff with uh, Jax's Rad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the inside connection. So we're like, let's uh, make a Facebook event. One, connect as many people as possible, have them show up at the brewery, and just call it a going away party. And in the middle of the going away party, let's announce that we're getting married. And in the middle of announcing we're getting married, how about we call our friend C. Um, to show up and just marry us on the spot with no one knowing. Um, and that's exactly what we did. Um, yeah, it was. Honestly, it was. It's probably the best idea I've ever had. Like, you know, I've had some decently good ideas, but this idea was probably just the top of the top. Like, the look, yo, just watching you and watching the rest of the people <laughs> when I announced, hey, so uh, we want to invite all of you guys to uh, our wedding. And everybody's like clapping, and then I stop and say, "Right now." Oh yeah, and I remember. Dog drop, like people are just like, "Holy!" Like this I have it on video still. I'm pretty sure it was crazy. I remember yeah. specifically. We all went into this back room, and I remember the only people I really knew there, like really knew, was our buddy Rob Stone, someone else who does podcasts. Shout out to Rob. I've been on his. You've been on his, haven't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've even spoke at his church. Um, That's right. Yeah. Right. So anyways, Rob and his wife were there. They were the only people I really knew. And they were talking, running to someone, I don't know who. And so everyone went in the back room but them. So I'm just kind of like hanging off to the side. And I decided to get my camera out when you start talking about how we want to thank everyone for being here. Yada, yada, yeah. thank you for coming out. You know, it's always sad saying goodbye. Um, we are going to get married. Just want to let you know you're all invited to the wedding. And then you, you hold up your hand and you go, but there's a catch. The wedding's right now. And you didn't actually mic drop, but the room felt like you mic dropped. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. What? It was so and yeah, then I was, was like, so oh, cool. that explains why he's wearing black pants, black shirt, black jacket. And Deja was in all white, like white pants, white <laughs> shirt, white jacket. I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. I loved every bit of it. And one of the major reasons I loved it is like we brought in such a diverse group of people. Yeah. So honestly, if we had a stereotypical wedding those people probably wouldn't show up. It would be way too intimate for them to mm-hmm. be there. Um, but because this was a going away party at a brewery, it, like it literally felt like heaven. We had people from 
all walks of life come together. I remember I almost didn't go because I was like, I don't know if you remember this. We talked about it like that night, but I had like this terrible headache and I don't get headaches real bad that often. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I, I almost didn't go. And you were like, if you had told me you weren't coming, I would have told you what was going on. (laughs) I was like, Oh Oh, man, I almost knew the scoop. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad, glad I didn't. Did. Yeah, it was a memorable event. Yeah, I'm, that was awesome. So, so you did that uh, very non-traditional type wedding. Fit you and her great. You're both creative people. You're both out of the box people. Uh, so, you got married. I mean, your anniversary was just what? Uh, March fifteenth, uh, the eighth of March. Yeah, I was good. I'm testing you. I'm glad you knew that. <laughs> hey, of course. Just but, recently happened, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you just celebrated your anniversary, and we'll get, we'll touch on all of that in a little bit. Um, but so it was, so that happened soon after the the marriage, you move. So what has that been like? Tell us, catch us up on what life has happened from a wedding in the back room of a brewery to uh, recent. Yeah. So Deja and I both had the plans of her pursuing her uh, design and uh, photography business mm-hmm. in the Pacific Northwest uh, to get surrounded about around people who were driven um, in that sense of creativity and that sense of, um, basically, um, creative production, if that makes any sense, because it has more, more than just being a photographer, mm-hmm. but it's the style, the aesthetic, it's the, uh, the type of photography that she wanted to pursue right. was able to be with in this environment, in this culture. Um, and then for me, it really had to do with um, pursuing a coffee culture that was like a little more intensified than what I experienced on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I had a few already like planned hookups in Washington, one with my brother working in specialty coffee and Mark uh, Cutt. Yeah, a big shout out to Mark Cutt. Um, his Instagram is unreal. <laughs> Y'all should follow it. Um, yeah, he's and, very talented. Yeah, yeah. He's a super good guy, too. Um, so I wanted to get in closer proximity to him. Uh, that was the biggest draw. Like, I honestly, I lost all my friends in Washington state. Cause I lived in Nashville and then I lived in Florida for eight years. Mm-hmm. So the connections in Washington weren't there, but for Mark and then through Mark, he basically um, connected me with an old friend of mine. And this guy was starting a cafe in Bellingham. And he heard that I was working with the specialty coffee association. I had my training and experience in um, roasting and as a barista He's like, yo, you want to move and um, manage my shop? And I was super pumped about that. I was like, dude, that's a possibility. He's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. We mm-hmm. have this place. But if you're here, would you um, do that? So Deja and I sell everything, including our cars, pack everything in four suitcases, and head up to Washington. Okay, um, so yeah that sounds intense so you had already started talking to the guy about this cafe yeah before moving so you knew it was a possibility well there's 
there's going to be a kind of a twist in that okay. story. So, okay, gotcha. Um, you yeah. were talking to someone about yes. a cafe with and coffee. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. So um, we get here, have, spend a little time in Vancouver, BC, just to um, settle down, and then um, my brother and his girlfriend pick us up, and we get um, basically to Bellingham. We didn't have an, our apartment yet because we didn't have the keys. So we stayed uh, two nights with my sister and her mm-hmm. husband on the floor by the time we got our keys um, and started, you know, slowly moving in. And there was not much to, we didn't have anything. Um, Talk about so a honeymoon. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think we've even had an official quote unquote honeymoon yet. Not um, yet. We'll get later to yeah. our anniversary. Right. Uh, Which would have been kind of like a honeymoon. Right. Um, so basically move into our apartment. Deja got work pretty quick. She had a remote job and then started mm-hmm. um, doing photography stuff. But me, um, I start, for three weeks, I started the conversation with this cafe. And yeah. They're like, hey, we don't have our permitting done. We didn't Ooh. even start our construction. Oh, um, so I was like, snap, what do I do now? Like all of that, basically like non-existent. They're like, we'll keep you in touch. Like we'll start keep talking. And, um, so I started, um, hanging out in the coffee community, going to cafes, visiting my brother at the cafe he was at and doing cuppings, talking, networking, meeting with people. Um, and throughout that time, Again, my brother shoots me this message and says, hey, there's this new little startup happening called Makeworth Market. Looks pretty cool. Check it out. So I go on their Instagram and see that they're hiring for management. Ah. And literally, dude, make my resume that day. Deja helps me design it. I email it at 11 p.m. and the owner responds at 1130 and schedules the interview. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, so the timing was impeccable. Like they're like so like divine to a degree, you can mm-hmm. say. Um, because we sat down, had the conversation. He's like, "Hey, I had some difficulties with the previous plans. Like we're looking for this. They're like your qualifications are unreal. Like can you join our team?" And uh, got the job. Mm-hmm. And within a few days, started um, setting up that shop make worth market and within the last we've been open less than a year like uh publicly mm-hmm. um it is um the fastest growing um cafe in the pacific northwest um the Just biggest space right yeah the biggest space and biggest coffee program our food program is growing um mm-hmm. we're maxing out we have host shows like uh, music shows we're hosting parties, like doing a lot, maxing out our uh, capacity to up to 150 people. Like I'm talking about big, like the biggest space. And it's yeah. just been like, um, insane amount of growth for me, but also just wonderful to witness something like this come together mm-hmm. basically from scratch. That's awesome. Okay. So one thing before we move forward, I just want to touch on, to give uh, like some people an idea that may not know coffee. I 
you know me. I like I'm drinking my Kookaburr cold brew right now. I love it. I that wouldn't mean I know a lot about coffee. Uh, so you had a sick resume. This guy was like, wow, this dude is super qualified. You have all these certifications and stuff. What are those? Explain to us like what what would qualify somebody to be like that level or have the experience, the knowledge be considered like to have such a strong resume or such a qualified what most of us would just call a coffee maker. Yeah. You know? Um, um, yeah, so for sure. Coffee, the whole industry has evolved um, quite a bit. So um, not to dive deep into the history of coffee from where mm-hmm. it came from, um, you've probably heard and a lot of people talk about third wave coffee, right? So what is third wave? And if there is a third wave, what is second and first wave, right? Um, so first wave is very basic. Coffee became a commodity in everybody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, second wave is Starbucks. Um, and Starbucks revolutionized the idea of um, getting people to experience coffee in a new way through things like a Frappuccino, mm-hmm. but also the idea of experiencing coffee outside of the home. The third wave of coffee came from this idea of like, we want to elevate the experience, like basically take um, like a basic restaurant to fine dining. Mm-hmm. Um, also give people what they want and change the premise of what coffee is because third wave coffee prides itself on the idea of like, we want to taste the purity of the coffee being itself. Okay. And that's where the idea of specialty coffee comes. Okay, you're so glitch- that's kind of um, a very dumb version. What those waves need? Okay, you're glitching a little bit, right? Yep. For a second there, you seem good now. So you're basically you're saying that idea of elevating is where the second wave of coffee or the third wave of coffee comes that we're in now, right? Correct. Cool. Yeah. Just wanted to like in case somebody missed that. All right, so and that's kind of where you were working. Correct. And that's where the idea of baristas becoming more than just, um, your average, you know, uh, basically food industry job where you just press a bunch of buttons Mm -hmm. and you produce products and you hand it out. It became actually a craft career, right? Similar high end bartending, right? Um, we don't get paid as much as high end bartenders, um, yet, and hopefully that'll change. It's but coming. with that idea, it's coming, yeah. With that idea that now um, there's everything from making your drinks look pretty with latte art to um, the science of extraction, that has increased and elevated the degree of education needed to be a barista. Mm-hmm. Still, to this day, the entry, there is no barrier to entry for a barista. Like, we hire people, like, in college with no experience, maybe a high school diploma, and right. you can be a barista, right? So there's a very low barrier to entry, but it's changing because it's requiring more education and knowledge to actually make coffee very tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, I pursued, um, I started working for a coffee house that worked with a local roaster. So shout out to Cypress Coffee House and Pure Bean. They were partnered together. Mm-hmm. 
And the roaster of pure bean Chris was really into um, specialty coffee. He okay. wanted to roast coffee to those standards. Um, so I started hanging out with him in the roastery, just watching him roast. No hands-on experience, just observing. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout my time at Sippers, I realized that, one, I wanted to grow. So a friend of mine gave me an opportunity and said, hey, I'm actually working with the Specialty Coffee Association, and we are having these classes called just a, a barista school. Um, would you like to do, like, intro and uh, intermediate? You know, like, dude, let's do this. So I saved some money, jumped into the school, learned so much that it blew my mind to the point where I was like, I can't really apply this knowledge at this cafe. Right. So I started um, uh, just pursuing ideas of, like, where should I go? And during that time is when my friend is like, hey, I have this cafe. They're a specialty coffee roaster. They're new. They've been open for about eight months. Do you want to hop in and help them basically still establish the business? I was like, let's do it. So without even applying for the job, I went back, met the owner, did a school with him. I did the barista school with him. Right. He just, um, invited me basically to join them and become the cafe manager. And that was my full-blown intro to being a GM of a cafe. Mm-hmm. I basically oversaw all operations um, from where he roasted the owner to like serving the drinks. I would roast with him, then do everything. Right, I wrote the SOP for it, did a lot of work, but it gave me this experience that I would have not been able to have if it wasn't for um, that schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, during my time at Social Grounds, which I shared about. Yes, Social um, Grounds was also, very cool. Yeah, very cool place. Um, uh, Jason, the owner, um, put me through so much training. Um, honestly, they invested, I would say, roughly $8,000 in my education, coffee education. Mm-hmm. So uh, doing a bunch of schooling, um, I did roasting, a roasting school as well. And at that point is where we pick off with me the idea of like, okay, I want to get competitive and I want to grow. What's my next step? And that brought me here. So on mm-hmm. my resume, um, that those qualifications were on there and quite visible. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I think the most attractive thing that the owner of Makeware saw on my resume wasn't all my qualifications, like, you know, mm-hmm. diplomas, all of that. He said literally, like, when he read my cover letter and I said, I wanted to lead people with – an idea, I don't know how I phrased it, but I used the word shepherding mm-hmm. instead of like, um, you know, your stereotypical words for leadership. And that caught his eye mm-hmm. because he believes that that is also the way to lead people like a shepherd would. Okay. Um, I know that may sound weird, but it worked. It makes me, it makes me think of there's the church boy in Sergi. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why. I had no idea that I. I it makes sense. Owner of Makeworks. I just that's the word that came to my mind is to see you mm-hmm. shepherding um, as an example of leadership. Yeah, and well, and it makes sense. It really does. Uh, so, and we don't have to the whole metaphor. You know, we, that that could be a deep dive, a really cool deep dive, but we won't do that right now. Uh, so, you had all this experience. You move. Deja's doing good. She's kicking off. And your plans weren't happening. 
but then lucky enough through what your brother told you, you found Makeworth. So you started working there as a manager when? Uh, literally the day I got hired, that was like end of April. Okay. So, um, you've been there almost a year after I arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. I've been there almost a year. All right. And like you said, it's been doing great. So, um, yeah. So tell us a little bit, you know, about what it's been like. How does it compare? Obviously, I mean, social grounds, they weren't doing events and stuff like this. So, yeah. So what's, what's the experience been like taking what you already knew about the coffee part and then adding it to a place that's doing so much more? Yeah, um, definitely. Everything was multiplied. So, like you said, social grounds are much smaller. Like mm-hmm. the biggest rush I maybe had was about, you know, three or four people online at Makeworth. We've had close to 20 people right. in line. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, just the size of operation is like, I mean, quadrupled or even more. It's intense. Um, so it, it basically put me in a place to understand like quality um, and quantity and how mm. to merge the two, not pick one or the other, right. not say um, we're not going to do as much quantity because that wasn't an option. We needed to make enough sales to run the place. Imagine the size of the place takes way more right. money to run it. Right. Um, so I needed to maintain and elevate the quantity and then maintain the quality or uh, the quantity and maintain the quality. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very difficult, especially in coffee when you're measuring everything to the 10th of a right. gram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, but it, it's possible. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, and to and cafe um, managers and owners, like, if you're discouraged by the idea that specialty coffee is too precise, no, you can do it. Um, we've been doing it and it works. It just takes a lot of training and practice. Mm-hmm. So I started training people. I started um, doing quality control and it was hard, but we are at a point where we can easily crank out. I mean, I won't use specific numbers, but big numbers mm-hmm. and maintain the quality of each drink with consistency. Gotcha. So okay. that's, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned working for such a big establishment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I go into coffee places, I have learned over time that if there's a long line and there's a lot of people, I'm not going to order a pour over right now. All right. Thank you, Ward. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, yeah. I have learned, okay, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. And to do it well, like you said, there's a lot of getting it just right, getting the, you know, just the right amounts, things like that. Yeah. So just for anyone listening that doesn't understand this, because I've mentioned that before and had someone say, but that's their job. It is, yeah. So, but... So just to maybe help out some people that are in coffee yeah. or help us understand why, you know, like if we have a local place that we love, let's be nice to them sometimes. What's that like? Let's say you got not super rushed. Let's say you got 10 people in line and someone comes up and, all, and they want to order a pour over that generally takes a good bit longer. Yeah. 
I think uh, the major um, kind of misconception mm-hmm. is what a pour over is. So I have a lot of people ordering a pour over thinking, oh, that's just going to be a black cup of coffee. How hard can that be? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so the understanding that it just takes longer to make, even if you were first in line, a pour over is going to take longer than pulling a shot of espresso. Right. Just the, the science of it. It right. takes longer to extract. Um, so with that said, like, I think for every guest and consumer in coffee, like the idea of like, you can order a pour over in a rush. Sure. It may stress me out a little bit more as a barista, but I am, mm-hmm. it is my job to handle that stress. Right. But what I can't do as a barista is to make it quicker. Right. So I think there's both sides have to show grace. Like I have mm-hmm. to be as a barista be like, okay, I got this. going to do my best uh, to make it as quick as possible. And then as a guest, I think the proper response is, Hey, I ordered a pour over in a rush. If I have to wait 10 minutes, right. That's what's expected. You right. know what I mean? I can't get it in under three. It's not possible. No. So right. just grace on both sides to be able to understand that. Mm-hmm. But to chime in with that, like coffee has grown and the technology and the industry has grown so much. Like mm-hmm. I am proud to show, I mean, to serve a cup of batch brew that tastes possibly as good as a pour over. Because we right. have that technology. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they learn taste different, but the quality in my batch, I'm super passionate about batch brew. I'm drinking um, batch brew right here that I made at home. Okay. And your drip coffee can taste phenomenal if it's done right. And the, uh, the idea behind a pour over, if that goes into your drip coffee, mm-hmm. you can make it taste very good. There's uh, devices like the ground controls, the brewer, who... who well, actually, some people say it makes better coffee than a pour over. Okay. And it's back okay. to Okay. Yeah. So, it's the status quo of a pour over. I still say do it, but I would say taste their batch as well. And if they're okay. a good cafe, both of them are going to taste good. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I haven't ordered a pour over in so long just because I also order it iced, which throws another wrench in it. And the people, I mean, I mean, like, as I've been showing my cup on the video and all, and we've already talked about, I normally go to Kook. They've never complained. There's never, but I go to the places enough that I'm like almost friendship level with some, I mean, some of them I hang out with outside of their work. You know, we are friends. So it's, I feel like I don't want to do that to people. And so it's like, I'm not going to order a very difficult. And now I'm just, I just get their ice brew black all the time. And it tastes great. Yeah. So dude, big shout out to Kukabura, dude. I love yeah. those folks. Um, Kevin, amazing dude. He's one of the managers or probably the GM. Dude, I um, see Michelle, him all over. She's dope. Uh, she's so awesome. She's actually from Washington, but I haven't seen her in years mm-hmm. or less than a year. Cause I was at throwdown and she was there. That's right. Um, yes, you were. Charles, Dude, do you remember Charles? I remember Charles. Dude, I haven't seen that guy in ages, but he was such a badass barista, man. He made me such a good Chemex. It was insane. I think he and Don are married now. Oh, really? I know they were engaged. I think they got married. Gotcha. Same Charles, right? Blonde. Go ahead. Same Charles, blonde, kind of skinny. 
Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only Charles I knew that ever worked at Kook. Yeah, because he dated Don, who both of them were friends with Kim Underwood. Now, uh, no yeah. longer. Yeah, no longer. But uh, was Kim Brown now Kim Underwood? Sorry, my tongue, my yeah. tongue got tied there. But and she worked at Kook, so she became friends with Charles and Don, and they started going to Awaken City when I was going to church there. So yeah, that's how I. Oh, that's- so I got to hang out with yeah. them somewhat outside of there. So yeah. So anyways, but enough about Kook. So that's what you've been doing. You've been there almost a year, but your love of coffee has always been more than just a cafe cafe. Uh, we talked right. about this in the last podcast episode or the first one, I should say. Uh, it's also been about people. Uh, a good friend of ours, Taylor, who I've also had on the life on yeah. one podcast, you know, he lives in Thailand, right? No. Indonesia. Indonesia. I knew I had it wrong. <laughs> well, um, Southeast uh, Asia. Yeah, still, I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, somewhere over there. <laughs> no, I knew I knew there. Thailand wasn't right as soon as I said it. Anyways, yeah, he's in Indonesia working with coffee. So, um, and that's always been something that's been passion of yours too. So, you, along with being a manager, started a few months back another business with your brother. Yep. So, Correct. which if you're watching the video. You see that underneath the name Sergey Kotrovsky, it says Mirror Coffee Roasters. So uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So that idea for Mirror Coffee Roasters came from um, basically me and my brother having this conversation about um, coffee sustainability and the impact we can have worldwide through our love for coffee. Um, and our love for people. So we were talking about how can we merge that? Mark was actually roasting for a specialty shop at that point. Mm. And when that, okay. yeah, when that specialty shop actually went downhill and they ended up closing their doors, mm-hmm. um, it put Mark in a place to really explore the option of um, basically starting his own company. At the same time, I'm telling him about what I want to do with coffee, which is, excuse me, go overseas and um, reach the people overseas with jobs, with, right. um, I guess you can use the idea of the holistic gospel, which is um, basically help people within their whole being, like, which is, you know, work, uh, mental, emotional, um, spiritual, like, fulfill those needs and help with within the holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So, um we, I, I share some ideas that I had with Taylor to Mark. And he's like, hey, right. Taylor is working overseas in Indonesia in a coffee-producing nation, and he's working for an importing company. He's working on farms. He's working shoulder-to-shoulder with farmers and is learning how to farm coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if we started a company that was focused on taking his coffee from Indonesia making a long-term relationship and then roasting that coffee, being able to supply the coffee to our specialty coffee friends, but also to people, just everyday drinkers, people mm-hmm. who drink coffee, whether it's at a cafe or a church. Um, right. and with our vision, we were like, man, we can approach these places and really share our heart for people. 
which is much bigger than coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, People brew coffee. People uh, just farm coffee. People roast coffee. It's all about people. Um, So with that vision, we're like, okay, what can we do with this? We started sharing it with other people around, and we saw that what we were talking about wasn't really totally new. Like Mm -hmm. there's other people that talked about it, but no one has ever approached the solution the way we did, Mm -hmm. which is we started at Origin and started a company after our experience at Origin, specifically mine in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of starting a coffee company and then going to Origin, we had things already at Origin. Mm -hmm. Taylor already had um, information for us and plans that he's like, dude, we can execute this. We can do this. So with um, the vision for Mirror Coffee Roasters was focused on people and the project in Indonesia. It was like, in a sense, I don't want to say it was an easier kind of start, but it kind of gave more purpose and reason to starting another roasting company, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest key to us. And then at the same time, Mark and I, we love quality coffee. So we're not willing to sacrifice on quality. um, But we also believe that there is more to coffee than just quality. There's relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're hoping to establish long-term relationships with farmers um, starting in Indonesia, but then through our importing companies that we're working with locally here and outside of Washington. But everything is Um, relationship-based. Mark is friends with a lot of um, importing companies. So we started contacting people and literally just our friends and be like, Hey, this is our vision. What can, what coffee can we get? And they started pointing us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a local importing company that literally works with specific farms in Guatemala that we've been sourcing coffee. Like our new coffee, the Guatemalan is sourced by a family that lives in Bellingham. That oh, we cool. know. I've been to their house, mm-hmm. Mark roasted at their house. So we know them. Then we also started working with um, Red Fox Coffee Importers. We, their main focus is to create long-term relationships with farms. Um, so with all of that said, we're very, very specific about who we want to work with. Mm-hmm. And then we're also very, very specific about the quality of coffee we serve. Like, right. Don't just buy random green because it'll make us money. Mm-hmm. Um, we're buying specific green coffee that will fulfill the vision that we're committed to. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And I remember when I had Taylor on, one of the things he talked and explained to me was in places like Indonesia, to be specific, you know, coffee yeah. was such a part of their culture, but they did not know the economic side. Yes. So, like, they did not know the farming and how they could really, you know, help their families and help themselves with what they had. And uh, and yeah. so I remember him saying then that was a big part of his thing. And so, like, hearing you talk about what you and Mark were doing and wanting to work with Taylor, I knew some of the backstory, but it's been really cool to see it develop. Um, not only that, but everyone should follow y'all's the instagram because the mirror coffee instagram is gorgeous yeah i mean that's all mark yeah he is you know the artistic um basically 
heartbeat of the company. Yeah. Really, really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, to chime in a little bit on Indonesia while we're at it, mm-hmm. um, I think, um, especially within the industry, we all talk about sustainability right. and um, ethical, sustainable businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big conversation. Um, but we rarely talk about what that means. And to define, in my opinion, what sustainability is, mm-hmm. it's not just paying uh, like nice and good wages. Right. Um, money is part of the solution, but it's not the solution. What mm-hmm. I see in Indonesia, especially with what you shared, is um, the goal is to educate the farmers. Right. The goal is to help the farmers understand that this crop that they're growing, this coffee, has value. Right. Meaning their work mm-hmm. has value. Right. If they pay attention to detail, that has value. Mm-hmm. And to be able to educate and bring that on display to them, be like, look, you started with this coffee, it was graded at 82. Because you've invested your time and you valued this crop, your coffee has 83. Right. And you're going to get one return is going to be higher. You're going to get paid more because you're copying higher quality, mm-hmm. but you're also um, finding value in what you do and it becomes important. Right. Um, so the, like, it's all about bringing value. Like Mark always talks about like the heart of our company is to empower people Yeah. and to empower people is not simply to give them money. Right. Cause that, that's part of it for sure. But it's to give them education, give them knowledge um, and basically help them raise their the quality of livelihood yeah. according to what they want obviously in their standard mm-hmm. teaching someone their worth yeah and that's how we see it we see um our green coffee buying methods and our um, idea of buying how we want to source coffee is completely rooted in the idea of bringing value worth and identity to people yeah gotcha yeah and which is obviously just such an awesome, such an awesome approach to business. Uh, you know, it's it's about the people. What it comes down to, okay. coffee is a great product, obviously, but because the people are great, they make it. All right. So, all this crazy stuff in the last year. Well, not crazy, good stuff, but a lot of happened in the last year. You moved. Well, you got married. You moved. Started a new job. It's going great. Started a company with your brother. Y'all officially opened when? Uh, well, we officially sold, not talking about business license, right. but sold our first bag of coffee in December. Yeah. So, I mean, very recent Mirror Coffee Roasters yeah. really became a thing. So, so, you're doing that. Really nice looking bags, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, they look good. And I, uh, so all that's been going well. Like I already mentioned, the Instagram is gorgeous. Uh, y'all do some really cool stuff. It's, it very much seems that Mirror is educating people in your We're content yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. And now, you know, the whole reason why I have on the screens your Venmo and my Venmo is because. There's been a wrench, a pandemic-sized wrench thrown into everyone's lives recently. Yeah. How? So what has COVID-19, the coronavirus, 
done to impact all of the stuff, you know, that you're doing with a brand new company, a less than a year old cafe, you know, um, what's, what's it been like now handling all that? Yeah. Um, to start with our, the cafe, um, big hit, obviously, mm-hmm. um, it was just like, we went from seeing one of our most successful months in business mm-hmm. in February to, uh, closing our doors in mm-hmm. the beginning of March. Yeah. So super intense. Um, I, I started seeing my friend Lisa Farr with the map at forward podcast, which I was on a couple of times. You probably noticed, but, um, yeah. the reason is, is she has been like, talking about um COVID-19 for months oh wow and she's mm-hmm. been warm warning people and being like you guys we got to get ready especially people in the coffee industry like we need to have a plan on what to do mm-hmm. um honestly not a lot of people took her seriously yeah but I started talking about it I started bringing it up with the ownership mm-hmm. but because sales were so high it was almost like yeah we'll we'll be fine you know yeah. what i mean um, oh yeah oh yeah maybe bad we'll be fine mm-hmm. um so literally the week i for our anniversary for days in the anniversary i took the 14th 15th and 16th off of work to go on a trip of march just to clarify um, of yeah. march yeah so march 13th was my last day at work and i haven't been back to work since and that trip what yeah. happened with and the, the trip? trip was canceled. Yeah. We, because of how intense everything got and how quick it happened, we were like, we're not going to go to, um, we're going to go to Portland. Mm-hmm. We're like, no way. Um, right. So canceled the trip, stayed home and saw this thing unfold and become a monster, become a dragon that we never envisioned. Yeah. Like, you know how the intensity of it, all of the listeners, whether you're live or, you're listening to this even a year down the road, you're probably going to still be experiencing the effects of COVID-19. Probably. So, yeah, with that said, um, for Mark and I, as a, um, as roasters and owners of a roasting company, think about this. Like, you go from having wholesale accounts to zero wholesale accounts. Right. Yeah. You like... You literally, like mm-hmm. we are majority of our income, which we're not even getting paid yet. We're just oh, trying no. to make the operation. Right, you just started. Yeah, we go to zero. Yeah, like what do we do with our one? What do we do with our roasted coffee? Like we have stock, and within yeah. a week we went. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one, we have to get rid of that stock, but two, like we have green coffee that needs to be roasted. Right. Um. You really have to think like, okay, what's going on? How are people um, affected by COVID-19? We have to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Our response because people focused is how can we serve the people one? Right. And then what our service, how can we use our um, coffee roasting abilities to one, not only be able to take care of ourselves, but take care of our community. Right. Those are the questions we were processing. And because of social distancing, the answers were like very, very weird and different. Yeah. Um, we have to, we have to be innovative. Yep. Like if you can't hang out at people's homes, mm-hmm. like how, what 
to do with your coffee? How are you going to um, get coffee to people? But right. Also, what are people going to do with the coffee when they get there? Yeah. I can't imagine if you ever had a brewer at home. Like, yeah. why do you, how can you make coffee? Or if you had a brewer. I don't have a brewer at home. Oh, no, I take that back. I have a batch like coffee maker. I don't know what brand it is. I don't know if it's any good. My parents use it when they visit. I can make my own yeah. cold brew, but I have to go somewhere and buy it. I don't even have a grinder yet. I'm going to get one, yeah. uh, but I don't have a grinder right now. So like, they grind the coffee for me, and then I pour the water over it, stir it, and let it sit in the fridge, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's totally different. Uh, I'm, I know, like, I remember I was thinking about what we all going to do because, again, you know, I, we're friends. I've been, I know what's going on. I knew about the business starting and all. And I was thinking about that while I was going through it because, like, for me, you know, it's been crazy, too. I uh, started a new job working with the church, which was kind of a risk. It was a small church, so I started part-time real retail in St. Augustine, Florida. Loved the job. If anyone knows St. Augustine, you know that we, as a community, very much survive on tourism. The retail shop I work in very much survives on tourism. And so yeah. last Tuesday, we shut down. That That's just like, yeah. just like your cafe is not open, uh, our shop's not open, you know, and many of the yeah. other businesses. So it's a crazy time, you know. Um, so I can understand some of what you're saying. You had product, no way to, you had to figure out how to get rid of. You have beans that you need to roast because there's a time limit on that, right? On green beans. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. But why are you going to roast if they're then just going to sit there? Right. So, uh, so, you know, I mean, knowing how tough it's been for me, um, I know that. I don't have the weight of just starting a new company, you know, so, uh, which is again, why, you know, with all this going on, the, your Venmo is on there as well as mine, just if people want to help out, you know, with that. Yeah. Um, but I will say sitting at home more lately, some of the things mirror coffee is doing is really cool. Um, you know, like, the Instagrams y'all have been doing. So tell us about that. What are some of the yeah. things that y'all have started doing, being innovative uh, with Mirror during this time? Yeah. So basically, we asked the question: Is like, what does uh, coffee do for people apart from consumption of caffeine? Yeah. Um, we're I was, in. I was sleepy today. I needed this. Exactly. And yeah. that's important. Yeah. But the other side of it is um, coffee and the cafe industry mm-hmm. is into um, – it's a hospitality-driven industry and a flavor-driven industry. So mm-hmm. we have to think about that. Like um, what can we do with both of those things and how can we um, still kind of bridge the gap and kind of eliminate some of the disruption that COVID-19 has caused? Mm-hmm. So we're like, we can't bring people together in person, right? Well, how are people stay are staying connected these days? Not, you know, not a lot of people are um, making phone calls. Most no. people are staying connected over what Instagram is a big one. Facebook's kind of drifted off, but Instagram is like the hot network right now to connect. Uh, is a network of people that everybody right. is like connected to. Yep. Um, you know, apart from. TikTok. I'm I'm not on there yet. My brother is. I'm not. I have the app. I've never done anything with it yet. <laughs> yeah. 
it's so the we, next. We went to, yeah, it's the next one. Um, we we went to Instagram and we were like, okay, what can we do here? And I'll, I'll be honest, before everybody jumped on the train, which is pretty common now, everybody's going Instagram live. We're like, yo, what if we get people together and just brew coffee? Yep. Like no agenda. Like first thing we do, Mark and I, literally first thing we do every morning, we wake up, I go put on my phone on a stand, yep. set up my station. I haven't even spoken to anyone. Deja's still sleeping. <laughs> I'm setting up coffee, open up Instagram, give Mark a heads up, be like, yo, I'm going live. You ready? Ready. Click live. And still with that silent um, mood of like waiting for people to walk in and start yep. tapping into a lot, it's still clearing my throat because I haven't spoke to anyone this morning. We start brewing coffee. Yeah. And people just are joining us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been really cool. Are- yeah. 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 Sorry, my mic might have changed. Um, yeah. Because my headphones died. Because you and I, as often, are talking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's been really cool. You know, it's been really cool for me. Because, um, so you're Pacific Standard Time. If anyone hadn't caught on to that yet, they should have. I'm Eastern Standard Time. So you go on 9 a.m. your time. Yeah. Noon for us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the last few days, um, I'm at home when you go on. So I've been able to jump on and watch. And it's cool because it really, it has been like being at a coffee shop. There's a whole lot of talk about coffee, which is cool. I don't know much about it, but it's fun to learn. And then there's talk about other stuff. Yeah. You know, there was, you had, and it's people from all over, you know. It's not just like your locals in your coffee shop. It's people from all over. You had your buddy, I don't remember his name on the other day, but he's like, what, a physicist or something? Yeah, he's a scientist, literally. Yeah. Yeah, physicist and scientist, yeah. And he started talking about, like, Mars. and Because someone asked a question, y'all started talking about what would it be like to brew on Mars. And it sounds like it would be pretty impossible to do, actually. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So he started talking about that, and it was just really cool. So I've been able to catch that most every day that y'all done it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's been neat, you know. Just again, it's kind of like a coffee shop feel, staring at your phone or staring at your iPad on Instagram. So, and it's also been cool because it's opened um, our reach and mm-hmm. influence. Um, we right. have a guy come in every morning so far from Sweden. Yeah. Dude, it's super cool. We have people from like all over the United States. Yeah, coming in, it's like, man, like this is amazing. Like we're bringing people together on a whole different and with a whole different avenue and a whole different platform than we would in a physical cafe. Yeah. Uh, So it's been awesome, but also I think the important part during um, this time, especially during all of us dealing with COVID nineteen, mental health is huge. Oh, for sure. Um, I think that's, that is the most important part right now and for our future recovery. Mental health is going to be huge. Imagine Mm -hmm. if you lose closed loved ones um, during this time, like your mental health needs to be taken care of. So we also see this as a way of giving people an opportunity to, in a sense of feel like things are okay and normal to a degree. 
Um, sure. And we want to talk about stuff like Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Talk about stuff like coffee or yeah. talk about, you know, like why do you just have a mustache now? You shaved your beard. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like talk I about saw, I saw the story. I saw Deja's story. Right. <laughs> so like to talk about stuff like that, that in a sense kind of brings – comfort and peace during a time that's so hard for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether we're suffering financially or just f- suffering with the idea of like isolation, that's yep. hard, you know, like, uh, I don't know how it is in St. Augustine, but Bellingham has basically went on under like full quarantine Yeah, where, um, like you could potentially get pulled over and the police can ask you, where are you going and why? And do you have a receipt from the grocery store? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We're not there yet. Um, but so as of this morning at 6 a.m., they closed the beaches. Wow. Yeah. That's and a big that, one. That's a big one. No one else had yet. And because of that, people were flocking to St. Augustine beaches because they knew that they were open. Um, yeah. So, like, I live on the beach. Today I walked down and took a picture of it. And like posted yeah. it online um, because I couldn't go on it. And that talking about mental health, dude, that is one of my, you know, big ways. Just being on the beach for a few minutes helps me clear my mind. And yeah. I, or surfing, you know, I can't surf with a damn, but just being out there on that board, yeah, <laughs> just being out there on that board helps so much mentally. I can't do that right now. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, but yeah, we're a little behind the curb um, in some of the things, forcing stuff, and it's a good and a bad. It's good because so many of our businesses, again, rely on people, tourism, yeah. or just locals being around. But on the flip side of that, be keeping the beaches open as long as they were definitely wasn't social distancing. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah, but, but yeah, so... Yeah, having the mental health and just having that, it's been great. That's been my favorite part is just being able to jump on Instagram noon for me and talk with you guys or talk with other – or half the time just I'm eating lunch and I'm reading what other people are posting and it's interesting. Yeah, um, but exactly. it, it's that interacting. It's that mental health of someone like me that's a crazy extrovert getting some interaction. Um, but then you've also been doing something locally um, yes. with stuff so as well. So, yeah, and from a business point of view, Mark and I mm-hmm. agreed right away we need to discount our coffee. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, we're going to lose a little bit, but we all know that at the end of the day, like, everybody is going to be suffering financially. Yep. So we threw a 20% discount on all of our coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also were able to do basically port side delivery, still right. with social distancing implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, right. like, not going into people's homes, but we're bringing uh, bringing bags of coffee and just leaving it on a porch. Like we had a mm-hmm. friend order um, some coffee, just a bag of coffee. We went and dropped it off in the bed of her truck right. with one of Deja's candles as well. Nice. So that's been like a plus. Like we've been able to serve people that mm-hmm. way. And that's been a big part of helping us sustain our business, yeah. but also providing that comfort that you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like 
you wouldn't have it unless you went to a cafe. But now we were providing a way for people to get it without leaving their home right. or having to um, have some social interaction interaction that can potentially be um, spreading a you know the bacteria we don't want to spread at this point. Exactly. So how soon can I expect you to be dropping some off at my door if I order some? Well, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> There's two shipping methods for you. Um, there's one that will be very expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a 20% discount we can give you on that one. Um, another one that could potentially cost you five bucks, but that would be a third-party delivery. Right. Yeah, but where's the one of you, you or Mark dropping it off at my door? <laughs> I know, right? The shipping costs of... Uh, Let's see. I think round trip of three hundred dollars. Probably, actually, right now you could probably get it pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So obviously, it's just that part is just local, but people can still order the coffee. Yeah, that's why we discounted right. the coffee to twenty percent. Because even if people that are wanting to get it shipped, it helps them save on total costs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so people can still order the coffee. Obviously, it's not going to be to their door if they're not local in your area, but yeah. they can still get it. And what are the options right now for Mira Coffee? What are the uh, roasts that you have? Yeah, we have uh, Cooperativa El Porvenir, which is a Guatemalan coffee. Okay. It's natural processed. It's from the region of Ayarza, and it's a wine series coffee. Super tasty, especially mm -hmm. if you have an espresso machine at home. Like I think of our um, our buddy from South Africa. Crazy Terry. Dude, Terry. Yeah. Crazy Terry. For someone who has an espresso machine at home like Terry, yeah. um, I would highly recommend that coffee. Mm -hmm. It's such a clean cup, such clean espresso All with right. um, just notes of like this uh, white champagne kind of wine flavor to it. Um, so a lot of people have been comparing it to like a Prosecco flavor. Like it's really, really bright, but mm -hmm. also sweet, like this bubblegum, um, sweetness to it, um, with like a hazelnut aftertaste, delicious coffee and espresso. Okay. Um, a lot of people are brewing it also, um, at home on V60 pour over, which that's why we made that video, the tutorial of how yes. to brew. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that coffee has been going off. Um, a staple that Mark and I have been really enjoying right now is our new Colombian coffee mm -hmm. um, from the Fudama Cooperative. It's called Con by the producer Consuelo Gomez. Um, and it's an amazing coffee. One, once again, the cause behind it is great. It's a coffee that comes from um, this organization called Manos de Mujeres, basically the hands of women. Okay. Um, and it's an all-women's cooperative that is fair trade and organic. Um, and we love supporting them. Therefore, they're, we love selling the coffee. But okay, the flavors cool. of it, dude, insane. Like we um, were doing some QC on it, and I was cupping the coffee, and literally it smelled like perfume, like rose perfume, like so like just uh, floral. And then when you f taste it, it tastes like straight mm -hmm. up um, like a lemon peel, like that got that tartness. Yeah. With kind of like a sweet body and sweet aftertaste, mm -hmm. uh, like a stone fruit. Okay, so cool. Mark and I have been enjoying that one. So those are our two offerings right now. All right, cool, cool. Awesome.
All right, well, I think we've been going just a little over an hour, so I think we're about done. Um, I want to say thank you for being part of my uh, live experience and experiment, probably a better word. Uh, yeah. Very least, we got the audio. This will definitely be a podcast uh, that I'll put out as soon as I can. Hey, I got a lot more free time right now. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, so again, just thank you. Uh, real quick, tell everyone where they can find out more about Makeworth because you're going to reopen. Hopefully, it's going to happen very soon. Totally. But you're going to reopen. So where can they find out more about Makeworth? Yeah, uh, Instagram, easy. Mm-hmm. Make worth market. Make uh, search worth. that on IG. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then Mirror Coffee Roasters. Yep. Same, same. IG or mirrorcoffeeroasters.com. Right. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, we're saying mirror, like when you look in a mirror, not mirror. Right. I'm just thinking yeah. about that because I have a mirror cup, M-I-I-R, sitting in front of me. So mirror, like looking at a mirror. Um, Side note, we're actually hoping to talk to them about their flagship cafe. Oh, yeah. nice. They're a cool company. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. So, uh, And then also your better half, Deja, is doing work as well. Um, so she's doing design work for some people. Um, she's doing design work. Yep. She's doing marketing for uh, Camber Coffee, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big mm-hmm. roasting company. But awesome. uh, the cool thing is she just relaunched her total brand, revamped it with the time that she's had on her hands. Okay. Um, website. Um, but follow her on Instagram as well. It's um, Deja L. Katrovsky or on Instagram or just De- look up Deja. She'll be there's a link on my Instagram to her page as well. So go ahead and check her out. Check her workout. Yeah. She's really um, yeah. getting into doing more elopement photography. So traveling, um, she has a few gigs lined up. So hopefully none of it will get um, sidetracked right. with all the yeah. stuff. We'll see. I just helped a couple elope here on the beach. Funny story. I'll tell you that later. Um, so, but I'm like a week ago, last Sunday, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, cool. Well, again. Thank you very much. You know, like I was telling you before we started, uh, I wanted to catch up because it's been a, just over a year. Um, yeah. Also wanted to try the experiment of going live. So we'll see how that went. Um, we'll have the video now and everything as well as the podcast. But also with everything going on, as I mentioned to you, you are someone that has had twists and turns and wrenches thrown in your life, you know, and you mentioned that we talked about it more last part, the first episode of life onward, but we mentioned it here today, you know, you've moved, got married, did ministry work. We met, you moved back to Jacksonville after living here, still doing ministry work, divorce, boom. That's quite a change. You have gone through that. That's been a big part of who you are now. You get married, you move, you are help start this cafe that's doing amazing. You and your brother start a business. You know, we're just getting it going. And then everything gets shut down. So, you know, I mean, you're someone who you have not, I wouldn't say recreated yourself. You have just been able to stay a creator. Yeah. And to keep moving and be able to live through the hurdles 
you know, um, yeah. and do so in still a great positive way. So that was another reason, you know, I wanted to have you on. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, in final words, you know, the beauty of all kinds of like challenges thrown your way, the beauty within that is the fact that it pushes you to be innovative. Yes. It challenges you to think outside the box mm-hmm. and it allows you to create things that you've never would have thought of creating before. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're doing now. I've been doing it with our church because obviously, you know, we're not meeting. We're social distancing. We're not meeting on Sundays. So, you know, we're doing stuff like that as well. So for sure. Well, tell Deja said hello. Tell Marka said hello. Make them share this to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But nah, definitely uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I will see you on Instagram live and I'll probably text you in like five minutes. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks dude. All right. Appreciate thank you. you. See you dude. Yeah. Well, thank you listeners for checking out this COVID conversations, this experimental uh, podcast episode. I apologize again for the technical difficulties. Uh, like I said, it's an experiment. We're just trying this out. So um, that'll be something that, as I try and do more live streams, will improve. We're learning. We'll get better. Uh, hopefully, we'll have, the audio will just improve from those as we transfer them over to the podcast form. Also, most important of all, huge thank you to my good buddy, Sergey Kotrovsky, for joining me in this wonderful experiment and for catching us all up on life lately since he was last on the episode a year ago, and also just what life is like amidst this COVID. You know, that's a lot of things to happen. A new marriage, a move, new business, starting a new business, and now having to deal with this. It's hard for a lot of us. So again, I want to say a big thank you to that. If you do feel inclined, drop some tips to either of us. Uh, You can do that through Venmo. And we would be greatly appreciative. My Venmo is under Life Onward, and Sergi's is Sergi, S E R G E I hyphen Kutrovsky, K U T R O V S K I. So, enough of the shameless plugs and asking for money, but in all honesty, it does help right now. We're all going through some financial tough times. So again, thank you for being part of the experiment. Thank you for listening. It will only improve. Thank you, Sergi, for being my guest on this. It was a lot of fun. Always great catching up with him. Thank you also for being the creative that you are and always pushing the limits and letting us learn from what it is that you are doing. With that said, I want to make note that I will be dropping in the notes section of this episode the Instagram for Mirror Coffee Roasters, as well as Sergi's personal Instagram, and also Make Worth Coffee Instagram, or Make Worth Cafe, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but Make Worth, where he works. So I'll be dropping both of those in there, as well as the links for the Venmo there as well. Until next time, never forget, you do belong, you do exist, at least for now.
to all of them.